Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. This episode, I want to talk to you about healing family patterns. You know, many people come into therapy to deal with issues of their past, to deal with family patterns, quite frankly. So I want to share in this episode about some of the family patterns and why you should pay attention to your family's history, especially if there are things in your present that are holding you back. But I want to start by sharing with you that if you are listening to this episode and you are from a different culture, other than an American Western culture, not everything that I share may necessarily apply to you. I use a lot of researchers from um, America. So it's okay to take this information and use it in a way that fits your culture, your values and experiences um, that may apply to your community in your country. And I also wanna say that there's nothing that I'm sharing during this episode that we would consider therapy. (laughs) So it's for informational purposes um, only. So I'm not telling you what to do or to provide for you any specific advice. So it's just meant to be information to get you thinking and to allow yourself to arrive at your own conclusion about your own family let me start by talking a little bit just about families in general. You know, families are complicated and they come in all different shapes, sizes, temperaments, patterns, and we're going to discuss some of those patterns today. So you may be related to your family by blood or you may be connected in other ways, but you get to define what your family is while working through some of the things that you may be working through, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through a group process, whether it's through reading. But I want to talk also about functional family qualities, right? Because if we come from dysfunctional family qualities, we have to get a starting point to understand what exactly is functional to really get to a place of quality for ourselves, And these are typical ways that families feel and operate, but the behaviors that lead to some of those feelings will likely differ in each family. So I want you to think about your own experience, because when we think about as psychologists and psychotherapists and as therapists, that Families have certain qualities that tend to have the best outcomes. And that's what I want to share with you in this episode. But there are families that perhaps it's your family that will exhibit dysfunctional and some functional qualities throughout their lifetime. 
but a family won't always be functional or dysfunctional. (laughs) Did I confuse you yet? But it's about creating a culture where the family can grow and change safely. Even when there's conflict, let me say that again. It's about creating a culture where the family can grow and change safely, even when there's conflict. I just want to talk to you a little bit about one of my topics that really have created a specialty, a focus of research and experience to help many women in particular break free of patterns of toxic relationships. So I want to discuss in this episode as well, toxic and abusive family relationships. It is important for you to understand those patterns in your family. When we think about dysfunction in our family, we want to classify it correctly because abuse is real. There are some people who are going to be listening to this, that there was abusive behavior in their family. It's serious. And it's often, it's often difficult sometimes when people come into therapy to identify abuse. Abuse is physical, it's emotional, it's financial, it's sexual, and verbal. And it happens in our homes, in our communities every day. It has tremendous long-term effects and should be taken seriously. If we call everything abuse, we'll create a world where the word abuse gets watered down and becomes such a nuance that it's hard to really understand and recognize abuse. But there's no doubt, all abusive relationships are toxic, but not all toxic relationships are abusive. It's important that I say that. And I'm not here to excuse any toxic behavior. It's unhealthy and it's completely unacceptable. You shouldn't feel stuck in any type of toxic relationships because they can cause you trauma and harm over time. So I want you to remember that our relationships have shades of gray. And you are the only person that can decide what label your relationship is and how you feel about it. And I want to share that there's no perfect family. The perfect family does not exist. But I want to tell you about a tool that we use in therapy. So if you've been in therapy, family systems therapy, or just a therapist who uses what we call a genogram, you can look it up or Google it. But a genogram is what therapists will use to create a map of your family. And this this allows us to visualize the patterns within the family system. So we literally are drawing out this map as we are um, talking to you. But if you want to do a genogram of your own family, I highly, highly um, suggest you can Google it. There are many different types of um, videos on YouTube or articles that will tell you how to create your own genogram. So if you haven't, I would highly suggest that you do. And then if you do, then I would reflect 
on that genogram and think about what patterns do you see in your family and what stands out to you once you draw out that genogram again there's many different resources to help you do this yourself you don't necessarily need a therapist it's a lot easier to do it with a therapist who can interpret um, the genogram with you so that they can have an objective view but you by all means can do a genogram by using um credible sources on the internet you can look at youtube videos and and just search for the term genogram family dysfunction it occurs across a spectrum so there may be some things that you hear that does not necessarily apply to you because every family every family <laughs> has some dysfunction in their family and there is no spectrum there is a spectrum when we're talking about this dysfunction so i just want to stress that because there's nothing black and white when we look at dysfunction and family but if we think about just i'll call it the umbrella of this family dysfunction we'll see different types of family we'll see families that you can characterize them as being an aggressive family you know behaviors like belittling there's domination there's lies and control limited affection the absence of physical or verbal affirmations of love and empathy and time spent together and neglect no attention paid to another and discomfort around family members and addiction parents having compulsions relating to work drugs alcohol sex and gambling and then we have violent families where there's use of threats and physical and and sexual abuse and some of these traits may overlap you can experience one or several or all types there are also levels to these types of dysfunction for example an aggressive person may also have an episodic in one family and more consistent in another family but a couple of things that you want to think about if you're in a place where you can take some notes some questions that you can ask as you examine your own family history is how is anger expressed in my family how is it expressed in your current family how was it expressed in your family of origin and how is affection expressed in your family now and how was it a how was it expressed in your family of origin the family that you came through and how do family members show that they care for one another and your family if you've created a family so you'll hear throughout this episode i'll refer to uh, pretty much two kinds of family a family that we create this is the partner you choose your own children the family that you create and then the family of origin is the family in which you were birthed out of your mother your father your siblings but think about it do you or did you feel cared for and seen by your family members and what is your family's relationship to substances gambling shopping and what was your family of origins relationship to these things so you're answering it in two ways currently and as well as the family that you were birthed in and is there physical violence or aggression in your family how do adults handle conflict how do you handle conflict how did you handle conflict in the family that you grew up in there's typical qualities of dysfunctional families so i'm going to share with you a few 
And think about it. Think about if this has occurred in your family and this has occurred in your family that you were birthed out of, the family of origination or the family that you created. And what we'll be talking about is really focusing on the patterns and not necessarily a one-off problem. But think about a couple of these qualities. Caregivers, these are the typical qualities of dysfunctional families. Caregivers say one thing and do another. There's little to no empathy or understanding when someone makes a mistake or falls short. There's very little communication about family issues or emotions. There's a culture of pretending everything is fine, even when it isn't. There's a caregiver that has addiction or a substance use that impacts parenting and other family relationships. Caregivers are unreliable or caregivers are controlling. Nothing you do is good enough. And there's no extreme culture of, and there is an extreme culture of perfectionism. It reminds me of the, the movie um, where the, the mom, I think it was called Mommy Dearest, where the mom just had this extreme expectation of perfectionism, which led to a lot of abuse. It's a, an old movie, may have been, I don't know, the 80s or the 90s, but you know, I always think about that Mommy Dearest uh, movie when I think about perfectionism and family systems. Or what about high level of criticism of your abilities? Or was there little to no independence or privacy? Was there no emotional support? Was there physical and or emotional abuse or violence? Some of these memories that may come up if it's referring to your family of, or, of origin may cause some pain to think about. And sometimes people block out these memories because they are painful. But if these things are going on in your current family, there's something you want to pay attention to so that you can move more towards a healthy family system. And when we think about common, you know, sometimes these are the unspoken rules. So one of the assignments that we'll do in my women, my woman redeem program is we do something called a trauma egg. And in that trauma egg, one of the areas that the women will reflect on is under the age of 16, what were the unspoken rules that were played out in their dysfunctional families? And these are a few of them. Don't talk about it. If something happens in this family that isn't good, or there's a culture of shame around it, you may be encouraged not to speak about the issue or to ignore it entirely. Or what about don't feel? You ignore your feelings, especially the bad ones. Certain feelings are good, and there are only a few ways that you'll allow that you're allowed to express those feelings. Don't think. Don't try to learn anything new that contradicts what we think. Keep any new ideals, contradictions, thoughts to yourself. And don't change. Avoid doing anything to change the current status quo. Even if the family culture isn't great, it's what we know. We will continue to do things this way. Let me re recap. No, I gave you some examples. Don't talk about it. Don't feel. Don't think. And don't change. Four common rules in dysfunctional families. So as I went through those, what were you thinking? What stood out to you as you explore your own rules in your dysfunctional family, whether it's the family you created or the family that you came from? 
some questions that you can ask and reflect on regarding common rules that are unspoken. How does your family deal with negative consequences or conflict? Was there active discussion or openness? And were you allowed to share your feelings? How did your family approach feelings and emotions? Are you encouraged to think for yourself or to be your authentic self? Were you able to provide feedback in your family? What happened when you tried to change or evolve or, or be something different? You know, because think about this for a minute. In families, there are spoken rules, but there, are, there also are unspoken rules. So let's talk a little bit about spoken rules. Let's give you some examples and you may reflect on your own, but spoken rules, these are the ones that are explicitly stated and they're tangible. You know, a couple examples would be, you need to respect your parents no matter what. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Respect your elders no matter what. Respect your parents no matter what. And then the bite-sized pull from the Bible, honor your parents, right? Look at the context. And women are supposed to stay home with the children. <laughs> Parents always know best. Another one that you probably have heard spoken. What happens in this house isn't anybody's business. Hmm. Have you heard that one before? Well, unspoken rules aren't explicitly stated. And they may even be denied. But you know that they're true because they there are consequences when you break them and specific behaviors that maintain them. Examples of some unspoken rules other than some of the ones I've already told you, which were the common ones, some other ones would be, don't show any feelings other than positive ones. I call it one of your parents or both of your parents with the good news junkie. <laughs> Only bring home the good news. Oh, I don't want to hear any negativity, All right? kind of get to that black or white thinking. And then if you have any feelings, quote unquote, that would be considered negative, oh, we don't want to hear it. Or what about denying things you don't want to see and they will go away? Or what about don't rock the boat? Don't rock the boat. Another one, another unspoken rule. What about your needs are not as important as my needs, right? Codependency. <laughs> But everyone else above yourself. You must conform to my expectations of you. You want to make mama proud. You want to make daddy proud. Or what about appearance is everything? And there's no doubt, right, that we all grew up with positive and negative spoken and unspoken rules. Part of the healing is identifying these rules and deciding which ones we want to keep and which ones we want to get rid of. So I want you to think about getting out a piece of paper. If you're listening to this episode while you're driving, you may not be able to do it right now. But when you reflect on your own unspoken and spoken rules in your family, I want you to think about it and I want you to share them out loud. There may be some that were shared out loud and there may be some that weren't said but you know that they're true. Write that list of those unspoken rules that were in your family 
and then write the ones that were spoken. And it's always a good thing to write them down because you can see it. But what children may experience in a dysfunctional family? So if you relate to some of what I shared already, think about your children or think about yourself as a child, your little self. Because if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, you may have had some of these experiences. If you're raising your own children, these are some of the things that they may experience in a dysfunctional environment. Being asked or forced to take sides in one of their caregivers or their parents' conflict. Being told one thing and seeing another. Criticism for feeling. Being ignored. Parents or the caregivers who are inappropriately intrusive, involved or distant or uninvolved. Another example, excessive demands placed on their time and there's no guidelines or structure. Rejection or preferential treatment. Encouragement to use alcohol and drugs. Physical abuse, sexual abuse. So I want you to take a moment and think about your own physical and emotional needs as a child. What needs did you have to provide for yourself? And what were you expected to do for others? And what was provided for you? If you really sit down and think about it. Well, how do family dysfunction happen? Let's talk about that a little bit. When we think about family dysfunction, it often happens as a result of an interplay between a variety of complex factors. It's not an exact science. Just because you experience one of the things listed below, it does not mean you will automatically experience family dysfunction. But these are events or circumstances that just make it more likely or more difficult for a family to function. So let me share with you my points that I have written down and I want to share them with you. Some things, I want to say this, some things may lead families to struggle with um, cohesion and developing healthy patterns. And these are the things that I'm referencing. So there may be other dysfunctions that you can think of that I'm not going to touch on, but these are the ones that will cause families to struggle in particular. When you think about dysfunction and family of origin, there sometimes can often be a repetition, what we'll call it. You know, we call it trauma repetition, but, you know, for the sake of our conversation, we're just going to call it repetition from what you know and what you've experienced, right? So sometimes that can be passed down. And mental illness, number two, mental, let me name, let me number them in case you're writing notes. Dysfunction and family of origin was one. Two, looking at mental illness or mental health struggles in your family. There's symptoms of certain mental health diagnoses that may make things more difficult. And number three, the family patterns of addiction and substance use. There is no doubt that research shows us that addiction and substance usage impairs parents and makes it more difficult to form connection. Four. Lack of resources 
lack of time, financial resources, housing, food, will make parenting much more difficult. Five, lack of information or support. People only know what they know. Many people aren't trying to be harmful or malicious. I mean, let's just, let's just put it out there. They just don't know another way. Parental discord. Parents with high levels of marital satisfaction are more likely to demonstrate good parenting practices. Right? So this, sometimes we'll hear people stay together for the kids all the time. But what are you showing them? What are you demonstrating with them? If you want them to, to grow up and have good connection and good practices in their own life, right? You want to have a high level of marital satisfaction so that you can be present. You can have, you can give them the good stuff. You don't have to be perfect, but you want to be good enough. So what was your parent or your caregiver's family of origin like? Your parents' parents. Did anyone in your family struggle with mental illness? And how did this have an impact on your family? Did anyone in your family struggle with substance usage or addiction? Did this have an impact on your family? Right? Did your family have access to ample resources like healthcare, food, water, housing? And how did this impact you? How does this impact the family that you grew up in and the family that you created? Did your family have access to education and educational resources? And how did this impact your family life growing up? And what was the relationship like between your caregivers or your parents? So I'm going to let you digest some of the questions and thoughts that I have given you. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about healing family dysfunction by first identifying family dysfunction. So take some time, digest the information, reflect on your own family. And if you're in a place where you can take some notes, great. I highly, highly encourage you to take some notes and do some time of reflection. It's never to blame. It's just to examine. So if there's anything that's part of your past that's affecting your present, now is the time to heal. I'll be right back. Let's talk about it with Janie Lacey. what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn has your anger ever taken you somewhere you regretted have you ever said something in anger that you wish you could take back have you ever hurt anyone as a reaction of your anger physically or emotionally let's face it Anger is a part of life. We all experience anger in our lives at some point. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether this has become a habit. What matters is how we deal with it. So call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit OrlandoAngerManagement.com today. Are you living day by day, nervous, in fear, or constantly feeling overwhelmed, This is probably due to an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders can develop from many different factors and can affect each and every person differently. Anxiety disorders can develop because of genetics, personality, stressful life events, and many other reasons. 
The Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that more than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety-related illnesses and anxiety is also considered the most common mental disorder in the United States. You don't have to suffer alone. Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit lifecounselingsolutions.com today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Janie at lifecounselingsolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. On today's episode, I'm sharing with you conversation with you around healing family patterns and talking about family dysfunction before we went to break. Just gave you lots of things to think about as you reflect in your own family history. And we're using terms like family of origin and family of creation, family you created. And again, this is not therapy, but this is just to get you thinking and to give you some information. So why family, why does family dysfunction hurt so much? Think about this for a minute. Why does family dysfunction hurt so much? You know, we're taught to believe that family should treat us well and always be there for us. We tend to distance ourselves less from family members when they hurt us in comparison to friends or peers. What about family members who know us better and have greater, who also have greater access to to harm us? And we often have more contact with family or live in close proximity. So that's why family dysfunction hurts us so much. We have much more contact with their family. And because they know us on a deep level, they have greater access to harm us, greater ability to harm us. We can't necessarily always distance ourselves from family the way that we would to friends and family. And sometimes we have the belief that family is everything. And they should always be there for us, or we should always be there for them. So just how does family dysfunction impact us all? Family dysfunction can show up in our lives in, in a few different ways. And I want to go through some of the symptoms that you may experience if you grew up in a chaotic, dysfunctional, or abusive family environment. But let's start with this. For children who were sexually abused, There's no doubt that studies have emphasized the development of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, disassociation, behavioral problems, particularly anxiety disorders, compromised interpersonal relationships, personality disorders, substance abuse, suicidal ideation or, or behaviors, sexual orientation, sexual dysfunction, high risk of sexual behavior and eating disorders and victims of childhood sexual abuse. 
Or what about children who were ridiculed? They may judge themselves harshly and seek approval in others. Get that addiction to approval. Seek other people's validation to determine who they are. What about fear of abandonment? Deep down inside. Feelings of feelings of unlovable, unlovability. What about trouble forming professional or social and romantic bonds? Or addiction, use of alcohol, drugs, or other risky behaviors to numb or cope? What about presenting, controlling, or dominating, or submissive and detached in relationships? Another way it impacts us. Feeling like you grew up too fast. Or you feel like troubles, it's trouble asking for help because you learned not to ask for help. Or do you feel like you've always had to be ready to defend yourself or prove why you feel the way that you feel? You're always in a defensive. Or what about not knowing how to identify or meet your own needs? And then the continuation of the cycle of dysfunction by parenting in the same manner. Sometimes you hear people, sometimes you can hear people in your life say it, or you can just hear it on TV. Well, I'm just like my mom, or I'm just like my dad. Oh, I can't believe I'm becoming my mother, or I can't believe I'm becoming my father. Most people say that not in the context of a good way, of something in a good way. But there's something that's important that I want you to think about. You get to decide. You, 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 you get to decide what you want to take forward into your life. Wherever you are in your life right now, you still get to decide what you put in your life and what you take forward. You don't have to subject yourself to to any dysfunctional pattern anymore. You don't have to. But just how do patterns get passed down? For children, the family is their entire world. Without their parents, children know that they would be unloved, unprotected, unhoused, and unfed, living in a constant state of terror and and unable to survive alone. But because of this, children see no other option than to accommodate and enable chaotic, unstable, unpredictable, and unhealthy behaviors of their parents. Children are also unable to verbalize what's going on in their family. They don't have a frame of reference of something to compare it to. This causes us to develop a perception that everything we experience is just normal. And what happens in families is normal. But children learn through experiences. They move through developmental milestones that allow them to become self-sufficient, responsible adults. Because when a child grows up in a home with reliable and responsible parents, they're able to explore their environment safely. We repeat what we have experienced because it's what we know. Once we're able to see the, that pattern, it can be changed. And we can identify what we want to achieve, what we want to change. Listen closely. Hey, you, listen closely. Healing is possible. It can end with you. It can end with you. So take a moment to reflect 
on what's coming up for you, what you've learned about your own family, some things you want to continue, and some things you'd probably like to leave behind. So get out a piece of paper, start taking a notes in your phone, write it down so you can examine. It's never to blame, but it's to examine. And ways that your family positively influenced you? And what about the ways that your family negatively influenced you? But let's talk about a minute here because this is important. <laughs> what are some qualities of functional families? What are some qualities of functional families? Let me say this. Functional families, healthy families still have conflict. Let me say that for the people in the back. Functional families still have conflict and problems. They're just able to adapt when facing a challenge. And they strive for closeness in moments of struggle. But here are some common qualities of, of functional families I want to share with you. Functional families are able to admit when there's a problem. Houston, there's a problem. Yes, they still have problems, but they're able to admit when there's a problem. They have a culture that promotes open communication, discussion, finding solutions, and they apologize when there has been wrongdoing. Three, if you want to number your notes, a sense of trust and comfort within the family. Five, they can count on each other. Six, there is no, let me repeat, no physical or emotional abuse or neglect. Six, the parents or the caregivers are reliable. They do what they say they will do. Seven. There's developmentally appropriate rules that are enforced. Developmentally appropriate. And eight, the family members are allowed to pursue their own unique interests and be their own authentic self without fear of criticism, judgment, or retribution. Qualities of functional families. So let's talk a little bit about functional families versus dysfunctional families. And I want to share with you some qualities of each. And I want you to think about, as I'm sharing, where do you fall in the family that you created, as well as the family of origination, your family of origin. So let's talk about first, functional family qualities. Able to admit when there's a problem, have a culture that promotes open communication, discussion, finding solutions, and apologizing when they have been wrong, when they have when there has been wrongdoing, sense of trust and comfort, can count on each other, no physical or emotional abuse or neglect. Parents are reliable, they do what they say they will, developmentally appropriate rules are forced, members are allowed to pursue their own unique interests and be their own authentic selves without fear of criticism, judgment, or retribution. So those are the review of all the functional family qualities. Now let's move again to dysfunctional family qualities. This is where the caregivers or the adults say one thing and do another. 
There's little to no empathy or understanding when someone makes a mistake or falls short. There's very little communication about family issues or emotions. Four, there's a culture of pretending everything is fine, even when it isn't. Five, there's a caregiver addiction or a parent's addiction or a substance use that impacts their parenting and other family relations. Six, caregivers are unreliable. Seven, and when I say caregivers, this can be if someone's being raised by grandparents or parents. So I like to sometimes use the broad term case of if someone was not raised by their parents. Caregivers are controlling. Seven. Nothing you do is good enough and there is an extreme culture of perfectionism. That was actually eight. So nine, high level of criticism of your abilities. 10, there's little to no independence or privacy. 11, no emotional support. And 12, physical and or emotional abuse or violence in the family. So as I reviewed the emotional, dysfunctional ways of the family system and the functional ways of the family system, in what ways was your family dysfunctional? What came up for you? And in what ways was your family functional? Think about this. It's okay to study your own history. You don't have to blame anyone. It's to examine. Because when you examine, then you're able to truly tell your truth and tell your family story. Because when you, if you've been to therapy, I would imagine that you've talked some, some length about your childhood. Because telling the story of your childhood and your family can be so powerful. So have you ever sat down and written about how you felt as a kid or about what you experienced? Understanding your story is step one of the healing process. So take a moment to think about your childhood. You may want to go back to some of the things I shared in this episode so far. But I encourage you, suggest to write the story of your childhood as you remember it. You can include highs, lows, moments of struggles, whatever you feel is important to share. No one is going to read this but you, unless you want them to, of course. So don't worry about telling a perfect story or grammar. This is just for you. You're going to the PhD school of you. You're getting a PhD in yourself. How many of us go to PhD how many of us get a PhD or master's or bachelor's and we're going to someone else's university? Go to the university of you. Some challenging feelings may come up, which is why you probably avoided looking back. But to do this, or when you do this, I should say, at a time, make sure it feels safe for you because you may get overwhelmed or emotionally flooded and it's okay. That if you are writing out your story, it's okay to stop. You can involve a therapist or maybe a trusted person in your process. My point is to do what works for you. If you're taking notes or you can come back and replay this episode, here are some questions you can 
ask yourself to get started. What have you been told about your birth story? And how was your parents' relationship or your caregiver's relationship with other adults? What do you remember about your family spending time together? How did your caregiver show love? What is your ha happiest memory as a child? What do you remember struggling with as a child? How did your family deal with conflict? What do you remember about showing feelings in your family? How has your family changed over time? Just some questions to help you get started as you start telling your family story. And I highly, highly suggest you do so. You know, and another exercise that you can do, we, we do this in my therapy groups, is a letter to your little self. Have you ever wrote a letter to your little self? <laughs> or does that sound too, woo, to you? But what I would suggest is getting a picture of your younger self, putting it in front of you and looking at it. And I would highly encourage you to write a letter to her or him. Write that letter to that younger version of yourself. What do you wish you would have known? What do you wish you could have done for that version of yourself? What has changed? What has stayed the same? So write that letter to yourself at an age where you really needed some extra support or a time when your family was really chaotic or challenging. Tell yourself everything you needed to hear, but didn't. Go and do it. Write that letter to your little self. Get in touch. Or does it feel too painful? Another exercise that you can do is write a letter to your family. Because parenting is really hard. Sometimes parents fall short. We do. Because... Not all parents have resources, support, or knowledge. It's not always easy for parents to keep a roof over their child's head and provide them with food, clothing, medical care, education, and meet their needs emotionally. It's hard work. Especially in a world we live in right now, there are so many reasons why a parent may not be able to meet their needs of their child. So if you're a parent who has experienced dysfunction and doesn't want to pass it on to their children, so then you know what I'm talking about. If you're a child who grew up in a toxic, dysfunctional, or abusive family, you know how challenging it is. I want you to take a moment. I want you to take a moment and write that letter. Maybe it's to your families in general or to your parents or to a parent. The letter might be about your anger, your confusion, or your forgiveness. There's no right or wrong way to to do this or to say to them in this letter, this is just for you and it's for your processing. You're not going to give it to them. <laughs> oh, I would highly, highly, highly encourage you not to give it to them. It's just for your process so that you can really, really get clear on what you're feeling, experience, and your reflection as you looked at your family of origin and also reflected on the family that you created if you did create a family. And when you think about this, whether it's in movies, in mu music, the neighbors, 
at school, dysfunctional patterns of family systems are everywhere. But I want you to know this. Hear me clear. Dysfunctional family patterns can end with you. And here's some things I want you to start doing and working on today, right now. I want you to work on your own trauma and start working on healing from your own trauma and your own family history. Become aware of the patterns and circumstances that led you here. It's not by accident that you're here. Awareness is required if you want to change. Be compassionate with yourself. There is no such thing as a perfect parent or perfect family. No such thing. Listen to your children and family members. What's the feedback they give you? Use kindness, honesty, and open communication to create a culture of closeness and safety. Model healthy communication. Hold yourself accountable. Do what you say and acknowledge when your words don't line up with your actions. Foster independence and closeness in the family unit. Allow your children and family members to be their own authentic selves. Have clear and understandable rules that are enforced to guide developmental appropriate behavior. Apologize when it is warranted. And model healthy relationships with other adults. So, so important. Just take a moment, reflect. How can you create your own family culture? Take a moment and think about how you would like your family to function. Think about a couple of answers to these questions. How will your family handle emotions and feelings? How will your family create structure and consistency in your daily life? How will your family deal with conflict or disagreement? How will you make sure everyone is able to express themselves and be their authentic self? How will you enforce developmentally appropriate rules? How will you create a sense of trust and comfort? Think about that. This is what you have control over or you have influence on, no matter where you are in your creation of your family. How do you want your family to feel? I would suggest taking a moment and journaling about it. What would you, what would it be like to be a part of your family? The family that you created is what I'm focusing on right now. How would people, what would people say about your family? How would the other members feel in your family? Or how do they feel in your family if you've already created your own family? I'm a big believer in affirmations. So I want to share with you some affirmations for healing from family dysfunction. These are affirmations. You can write them down and they can become your own. I can keep myself safe. I get to choose who my family is. Family isn't just blood. I don't have to tolerate abuse from people just because they're family. It is not my responsibility to do everything for everyone. I didn't have the support I needed as a kid, but I can get it now. I am more than what I can do for others. People love me for who I am, 
I can create the family culture that I want. My childhood was hard and it's over now. My family isn't a representation of who I am. I am in charge of my present and my future. I can build the life I want to have. I had a dysfunctional family and I can create a healthy one now. I did the best I could with what I had. I learned from my past and I can change where I'm going. Amen, amen to that. And if I'm sorry you had to go through that, I am sorry that you had to go through that, but I can protect you now. These are affirmations that you can say to yourself whenever you need them. Write them on a post-it note around your house. Invite new ones that can help you heal, things that you can say to yourself. Some other ways that you can start healing from family dysfunction. I'm a therapist, (laughs) so the first one on my list is going to be therapy. But you can also learn how to conceptualize and process family dynamics. You can learn about boundary setting and how to maintain or end family relationships if needed. Name and identify your painful or difficult childhood experiences. Call them what they are and conceptualize them in a way that fits you. Reclaim your power over your own life by making your own decisions. Even the smallest decisions add up. Set boundaries. Find a support network. Use movement and your breath to help release the motions. Lots of videos and access on breathing and just really getting into the body keeps the score. So part of the healing process, not only our mindset, the inner child work, but you have to do the body work as well. And you can also talk to other people who have experienced family dysfunction because keeping those secrets may keep you stuck. But other people have to be safe people. And some people can do this in the context of, of group therapy. There's lots of different resources for you to get the help that you need. But I wanted to just introduce this concept in this episode of family dysfunction so that you can really get to the place of healing if there may be something in your present that's keeping you stuck. Sometimes it has to be a focus, a part of healing your family patterns so that the family that you're creating, the relationships that you're creating, the person that you're becoming, how you show up in this world, there's a level of awareness, there's a level of consciousness because you now know who you are. You have that PhD in your history. You know, I always use this example about going to to Italy several years ago. I think it was uh, 2007. And I remember getting all these books as I visited Florence, Rome, And looking at these books and having to understand what was there before. So as we're looking at these ruins, you can get a a good picture of what was there to understand the importance of those ruins, right? To really, really, really get an understanding of it. Same thing for you. You're looking back, not to blame, not to shift. And to be a victim, but to understand your history so that you can have the power to change how you show up in today's world and how you show up in tomorrow. Because the power is within you. You can change today. You have the power. 
And I know you can do it. Be your best advocate. Your children's children will thank you. So until next time, this is your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week. 